Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. Uh, so recently, the Commander Rules Committee announced the banning of Hull Breacher, uh, which was recently released last November in Commander Legends. Today, we have with us a very special guest to discuss this banning, Charlotte Sable, friend of the show and one of the members of the Commander Advisory Group. Welcome back, Charlotte. Good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, well, we're so excited to have you here to talk about this banning and what it might mean for future bannings. Before uh, we get started, I'm just going to briefly read out the card for anyone who's not familiar with it. Uh, Hole Breacher is two and a blue for a creature Merfolk Pirate. It's a 3-2 with Flash, and it says, If an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead you create a treasure token. Charlotte, go ahead and tell us what about this card necessitated banning and what the discussions were like between the rules committee and the CAG. Basically, Hole Breacher, while it looks on the surface to be a card that just punishes extra draw, turns out to be actually a very efficient like hand destruction tool. And the most powerful thing that you can do with it is play it in conjunction with wheel effects to um, basically deny your opponent's hands while also, you know, giving yourself a whole bunch of treasures, right? It's just sort of a very poorly templated attempt to, you know, deal with a problem that certainly exists in the format. And I don't know, the, the conversations around it, they've been um, obviously like when Commander Legends released in November, there were, you know, the big three of uh, of Jeweled Lotus and Opposition Agent and Hull Breacher. And, you know, there's maybe a bit more hue and cry at that time about the other two, but Hull Breacher certainly, you know, was getting some eyeballs on it. And it turns out that as play has progressed in the past while, people have been more adopting of the whole breacher and the negative play patterns associated with that than they have been of the other two cards. And, you know, based on what we were hearing from the community, you know, everyone sort of came to the decision that whole breacher was just a card that was not healthy at all for the format and was something that needed to be addressed since players basically weren't able to play it in a more responsible manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, like, is this something that came from like players reaching out to the members of the CAG and, and the RC and bringing it and sort of did it come from the bottom up? Was it something that like the RC or the CAG was really interested in and they sort of brought it to the table? Sort of where did the, the idea originate from? Uh, it sort of came from all areas. I mean, we saw it played. I mean, we ran into it in our own games. We heard from other people. The CAG certainly were, you know, concerned. Sheldon very famously said in that one article he wrote that yeah. you know, wheels were going to be a perpetual problem in the format as time went on. And, you know, while I don't completely disagree, you know, it's one thing to have wheels in the format. It's another thing to use those as weapons against people, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to replace someone's, you know, possibly tuned hand with a random hand, right? That's one thing, but another thing to completely deny them any cards is a whole other thing altogether, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like um, recently Wizards has also kind of removed a little bit of the disruptive power in the, the wheel effects they printed recently. Like Wheel of Misfortune, you can opt out of that if you don't yeah. want to ditch your hand. Yeah, just choose zero. And... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also the artifact, I think the Ruin Grinder, it's called from um, C21. That also is like a wheel effect, but it's something that uh, is a you may. So a player doesn't have to lose their yeah. hand oh, if yeah. they don't want to. That's right. Forgotten about that fellow. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a much better way to do it. Certainly put the temptation there for people, you know, because a lot of people will want, oh, I have these three not very good cards. Sure, I'll ditch them and draw seven, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice that, you know, they're sort of playing into that, but then they go and they print, you know, things like Hull Breach or which, or just the complete opposite end of it. And it's like, well, which is it, you know? Yeah. Are we designing for a commander this way or that way? Like, yeah. And not that there can't be some variation, but there definitely needs to be a decision more made at Studio X about how they want to design wheels and wheel-related effects for the format. I mean, I think that's the first key point. Like, I feel like the ban and the discussion around it is simply because it exists. I do think that, like, if Wizards wanted a card like this in the format, they probably shouldn't have made it a three-mana flash creature and a relevant creature type that... Two like, relevant creatures. Two re- yeah, and that, <laughs> yeah, especially after Commander Legends, that was one of the standout cards in the set. They should have made it like a five mana regular yeah. creature. Yeah, like I mean, you know there, what I mean? Like, there are so many knobs they could have mm-hmm. turned to make it a fair card. You know, add a mana, make mm-hmm. it until end of turn, make it make the treasure in addition to them getting the card, give yeah. them the yeah. treasure, whatever. Like you know, so many things. Yeah, but no, they chose the most punishing version of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, you know, or make it even make it like you know completely symmetrical so that you don't get the cards either, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if it was white, it probably would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, again, it you know they did. The thing is, they printed the version they printed, and yeah, you know now we're here. This isn't Hearthstone. We can't just change what a card does, right? So yeah, yeah, and I think that's a good, I guess, segue into the next question. So Sheldon Mennery has, has spoken about many of the cards on the commander ban list being signposts uh, that suggest to players the type of effects they may want to avoid running when they play commander. So we, we already, if you sort of view the ban list in that way, we already had a signpost suggesting that you shouldn't play these draw replacing effects or draw preventing effects. Leovold had been banned for, for several years now. And that's a signpost kind of telling players not to run effects that do this. So if there already is something on the ban list that suggests that you don't want to run this type of effect, why is it necessary to ban Hull Breacher? Right. Well, the thing is, not every ban is a signpost ban. I mean, people, one of the more common complaints you hear about this, the ban list from players is that, you know, oh, you know, signpost bannings, you know, shouldn't be a thing. Just ban, if you don't want an effect in the format, just ban the cards, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like there aren't other effects on the ban list with multiple uh, options there. Like, I mean, Primeval Titan is banned, but then also Silver and Primordial is banned, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're similar enough. And, you know, I mean, Bristlebrand is banned as well as Yogmoth's Bargain, Right. You know, I mean, there are classes of things that have multiple cards on the ban list. And also, you know, in this case, sometimes, you know, again, sometimes an exemplar banning doesn't get out to the community. And in the case of Hull Reacher, again, it's relevant creature types. It's very efficiently costed. It has flash. 
you know, it's a very, it's also a card that on its surface does not look miserable to play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, you look at the card and you think of the upside and it's like, oh, hey, haha, you know, screw your blue sun zenith, Tom, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get a bunch of treasure now. But then people go and play wheels or, you know, or thing is, I mean, also, if it wasn't just you know, again, there's so many knobs. It could be just not mono blue. It could be not blue at all. You know, it could be yeah. whatever, right? And like the thing is, it also doesn't even have to work for your own wheels. Like I can flash in a whole reacher in response to someone else's wheel and still get the same effect, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just a card that messes things up way too easily and doesn't necessarily give off the warning signs that other sort of other cards that are more likely to cause negative play experiences do to newer players or to less experienced players in the format. So it's a card that is worth having out of the format. It's the same sort of reason that Iona is banned, right? Because like a lot of people look at Iona and they don't think, oh, I'm going to stop one person at the table from playing magic, but that's how it it plays out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, people see, oh, you know, cool creature of type X and, cool effect they don't you know think the seven steps down the line to how this is actually going to affect gameplay right like mm-hmm. yeah and the, then the other thing is different bannings on the ban list are aimed at different groups right whole breacher at its core very much was a banning that was aimed towards studio x towards wizards r&d okay right? it's a banning that was like hey this isn't how we want you to design for Commander. I mean, in addition to taking it out of the hands of players, it was also, at the same time, we want you know to call it out to the people who are actually making the cards so that there isn't just a different Hull Breacher in, in Commander Legends 2 or Commander yeah. Legends 3 or whatever, right? Like, You're like, this is a line too far. Yeah, this is, this is too much. Turn some of these knobs, you know? That's that seems like a really dramatic way to send a message. I mean, I, I understand like there's a little bit of cross pollination between the RC and and Wizards. There's of course yeah. know, Scott Larrabee and, and the folks that work on in Wizards. It's it just uh, it's, it seems interesting to me that this. I mean, I understand we also want to take it out of the hands of players so it doesn't ruin games of Commander. But I I don't know how I feel about the ban list being used as a means of sending a message. Yeah. Well, I mean. If the ban list isn't saying this is what we want Commander to be, these are the things we don't want in the format, then what is it, right? Like, mm-hmm. Commander's not a tournament format. We're not trying to balance a metagame. The Rules Committee isn't trying to have a good, you know, aggro control mid-range rock, paper, scissors thing going on. They're not trying to keep metagame diversity. They're just trying to keep the format on an even keel in a way that they see it as being able to persist into the future. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes that does include banning, you know, newer cards or cards that were, you know, supposedly designed specifically for the format, right? Like it's harsh, but it happens. And and I got you. Yeah. So I want to ask about the, something that was brought up in the announcement of the whole breacher ban. So the, the justification for the banning that was released by the rules committee stated that drawbacks on similar cards like notion thief and Narset Parter of Vales appear to be keeping them to the appropriate level of play. And when I see that, I'm wondering like sort of how they're, they're quantifying that. Cause if you're, 
you know, the, the best data source we have available, of course, is EDHREC. And yeah. Narset Parter Veils sees play in 39,000 decks on EDHREC. Notion Thief sees play in 22,000 decks on EDHREC. And these are like, you know, kind of comparable or higher than the, the, the high level mark we saw for Hole Breacher. So is EDHREC sort of the metric that they're looking at? Or is it, you know, who is, is talking to them about these cards? Um, well, how, how, how will we know when the line has been crossed and they need to take action on some of these other draw replacement effects? Right. Well, basically, it's what we see in the format and what we see people playing, right? Like, it's, you know, it's, again, it's not, you know, it's part art, part science. It's not, you know, we're not looking at, you know, EDH recs specifically. We're looking at what we're seeing, what people are talking about in the community. And so, just in general, like, Narset is a different card and Notion Thief is a different card. Narset doesn't have flash. Narset yep. very much flat out says, this is the thing I do full stop, right? It's not saying, oh, I can make you a bunch of treasures. It's saying opponents just don't get extra cards, right? <laughs> like, yes, it can also draw you a couple of cards, but its main purpose is basically that Narset's one of the uncommon planeswalkers from War of the Spark. She has one one activated ability and one static ability, you know? And I don't think anyone's playing her just for the activated ability, right? Like, right. Yeah. So, I mean, you play Narset because you want that effect, right? You don't play it because it's a pirate or because it's a merfolk or whatever, right? Or because it can, you know, ramp you, right? You play it because it does what it does. Notion Thief is also a second color, yeah. which inherently limits the, the number of decks it can go in, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're immediately, I don't know, I, don't, I can't do the color math off the top of my head, but it's, you know, <laughs> inherently probably more than having the number yeah. of decks it can go in, right? Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Although it is worth mentioning that despite that additional restriction, despite its color identity preventing it from going in a bunch of decks, you know, it's 22,000 decks or 15% yeah. of the decks that can run sure. it do. Um, right but when's the last time you got wheeled with a notion thief on the board right like personally i didn't even get wheeled with a hole breacher out i don't think that happened it was happening more often much more often than it was and you know notion thief's also been around since what 2010 Mm -hmm. 2011 long long while it's been around a long time if it was going to be a problem it would have been one by now yeah Yeah. you know I know personally, like, I made a pirate list after Commander Legends came out. I did, like, a sealed league with some friends, and I opened, like, this crazy red-blue pirate deck, and then I was like, what if I just made this a deck? And I was running Hole Breacher. I opened one, and it was just kind of, like, a good pirate, and I could imagine situations in which people did what I did, and then they just were in a game where all of a sudden they ruined the game for everybody because they're like, oh, I'll flash in Hole Breacher. And, yeah. and it just kind of well, I mean, ruined yeah. everything. <laughs> I mean, like, I think that's also a thing that Hole Breacher probably exists as it does because of the limited format around Commander Legends, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. imagine it was created to steal Monarch draws, basically, right? Like... Mm-hmm. I have nothing against limited. Limited is fine. Limited is fun. It's a good way to play magic. But I think that always designing 
these sorts of sets and these sorts of cards with limited in mind leads to problems, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've mentioned this before on the show. Like, I know that R&D has a tough job, but we've seen them so many times, like with the cycles of Uncommon Legends that they do every set now. Like, yeah. it's possible to design a legend that's both good in commander and helps your format along yeah. like Targnar. Targnar is a perfect example of like that's a great card in limited and it's a totally good commander, right? Like you could play Targnar, have a good time, yeah. whatever. And I feel like when it comes to like a premiere set when it's like a chase rare, maybe it was just another meeting, maybe it was another 30 minutes someone spent in a room talking to someone. Like Hole Breacher could have been a card that like posed monarch draws but also doesn't ruin commander and i think the excuse that like oh yeah. for limited is bad <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, like yeah. i think the thing is like i think specifically you know if if wizards is designing for commander then you need to look at the cards from a commander first perspective yeah and even if that throws off balance for limited, especially on like rares and stuff, then like let limited be a little unbalanced, right? Yeah, especially in a premium priced product, I am a hundred percent behind like give people cards they want. If yeah. blue's a little unbalanced, they're probably not gonna draft it more than twice, you know. It's like Yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand wanting a nice, you know, limited format and that's great, but so many more games of Commander are played than games of Limited, you know, especially than games of, you know, Commander Legends Draft or whatever, right? Like, honestly, I bet you, like, long-term, more people are going to draft, you know, Commander Cubes made from Commander Legends and other cards than, you know, are ever going to be have, be played from Commander Legends Booster Packs, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Because, like, going back to, like, knobs they can turn, one of the ones that I keep hearing people talk about, you know, is, like, oh, they could have just said if a spell or an ability an opponent controls would cause that opponent to draw, mm-hmm. you know, a card outside of their draw step, then blah, blah, blah. And, like, sure, but then that doesn't hit Monarch draws, right? Because yeah. the Monarch is just a game rule. It's not a spell or ability controlled by anyone. It's, you know part of the game you know maybe that's why it wasn't that way i don't know i'm not you know i don't have any access to that information but still like again that you know maybe someone suggested that and it's like oh it doesn't work with monarch oh okay we'll leave it then you know i don't Mm -hmm. know but you know it's the sort of thing that they really need to consider more when they're you know making these things like i and i can completely understand if you're building a set and the set needs to be draftable and whatever a lot you get very can get very insular and in thinking about the set in and of itself right yeah absolutely i, I had a quick question for you um per- personally like like i said i haven't seen whole breacher wheel happen yeah. in any of the games i was playing and i know that like when sheldon put out that article saying like wheels are one of the biggest problems mm-hmm. in commander these days you know a lot of the community was a little bit surprised by it What's the lesson to take from this banning in terms of when when can we expect bannings to occur? Because it it seems to me like if I had bought like a foil hull breacher the week before the banning, I don't know if there'd be an easy way for me to know that it was like on the watch list or about to get the axe. Whereas like I think Paradox Engine, everyone everyone saw that be messed yeah. up, um, or, or some of the or like Primeval Titan taking control of the game, whatever. Yeah. 
what are some of the signposts we should look for when in terms of uh, cards that might be banned in the near future? Right. Well, again, we don't. I want to make it clear that there's no official watch list. Yeah. We're, the RC isn't going to start publishing one because then people will start thinking, you know, what's the pre-banned list and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, you know, basically, if a card makes games not fun 90% of the time and doesn't necessarily look like that's what it does on the surface, then, you know, it's a problem, right? Look at, you know, if it looks like an Iona, if it looks like a whole Breacher, if it looks like Primeval Titan sort of thing or a Prophet of Crucifix or whatever, you know, something that looks really cool and powerful, but then, you know, literally just completely throws the game out of whack, right? Without mm-hmm. very blatantly on the surface looking like that's what it does in a way that's going like again the, remember the ban list exists so that there's a baseline for people playing in with with groups of people they don't know or aren't super familiar with so that you know people can sit down with a sort of relatively even understanding of what commander is and play you know at you know people saying oh you know it's not a problem in our play group we're not going to ban it great you know, if that works for your playgroup, amazing, awesome. That's what we want. That's actually the point of the Rule Zero discussion, right? But if I sit down at my LGS with three other people that I don't know and that maybe don't know each other, I want to be able to play a game of, of Commander that, you know, has whatever it is about Commander that, that brought me into the format in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. That's what... We, the RC is trying to do with the ban list and what we want to push so that these, you know, and yeah, no, it's not perfect. You still need to have your, you know, this is what my deck does. This is how fast it is. Yada, yada, yada sort of discussions. And yes, you can still have huge mismatches and power that way and whatever, but end of the day, you've at least, you know, I'm at least not gonna have you throw down, you know, a, uh, primeval titan on turn two and then start you know strip mine looping my lands or whatever right Mm -hmm. i I gotcha so so could we say that like you know if you want to avoid maybe like investing in a card before it gets banned the things to look out for are like high adoption it's seeing play by a lot of people it's something that looks fun like sort of fun and fine on the surface but has uh like an unintended consequence that can ruin games and yeah. and ruin them in a way that like doesn't just end the game immediately, but right. sort of like creates yeah. games that go on for longer but are effectively right. over. Like yeah, you know that, that's of- a, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Profit of Crucifix, Iona. You know, um, like look at other cards on the hands. ban lists like uh, Sundering Titan, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No <laughs> Sundering <Okay>. Titan. <laughs> Um, I, I seriously get probably at least five or six people every quarter, you know, saying, oh, why is Sundering Titan banned? And, <laughs> and it's like, all right, sit down, Timmy. Let me let me explain. I know. There's a, yeah, there the before. You see, times. there's these things called blink spells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue yeah. Braids. I remember the good old days. Um, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, basically any card that doesn't look like it can necessarily be problematic on the surface, but 
it, but if the best way to play it becomes that way, right? Like, okay. you know, like the, if the best, like the best play pattern for Pulp Breacher is wheels, right? Like, because you get a huge resource advantage, both in terms of, you know, your opponents now can not do anything unless they have onboard stuff. You have a bunch of mana, you know, maybe you draw into another wheel and can do it again or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, l- let me let me ask you one last uh, question here, yeah. or, or rather, maybe give you a little information. So, Narset Parter Veils, according to EDH Rec, of the decks running Narset Parter Veils, forty eight percent of them are running Windfall. Yeah. Of the decks running Notion Thief, fifty two percent are running Windfall. And of course, I gave you the information earlier about like how many folks are running those cards. Based on all that info, should I? Johnny Magic player go out and and buy like a foil Notion Thief and like get it signed by the artist or anything like that. Is this a this is a good time to invest in these cards? I wouldn't worry too much about these cards in particular because again, Narset doesn't have flash. Notion Thief requires a second color. You know, like Notion Thief has existed in the format along with Windfall for 10 years and has not reached problematic levels, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think just by the very nature of costing more mana, being extra colors, not having flash, these cards somehow avoid whatever the horrifying perfection is that Hole Breacher achieved in just seeing this ridiculous level of adoption in these sorts of effects. If people want to play magic that way, they're going to be able to find a way to do it, right? Like we're mm-hmm. not looking to try to enforce a play style on people. We just want to take away the most egregious offenders and make it a little harder, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, we're not banning Necropotence, but we're banning Gristlebrand, right? We're not doing X, we're doing Y. Like, just because something is able to be done on two different cards doesn't mean both need to be banned. It's just, if one's much easier to accomplish, sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's hard to put that idea into words for me right now, but you get what I'm sort of saying. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I think that's uh, all our questions we had about the whole breacher banning. Um are there any last thoughts or last considerations that you want our listeners to know about this rules change? I mean, again, just have conversations with your play group about what sort of games you enjoy, what sort of play patterns you enjoy. If, you know, you if you play Hall Breacher and don't play it with wheels, you know, if you just have it as a sweet pirate or a sweet merfolk in your deck, like then by all means, you know, talk to your group before you sit down and play and explain that. And if it's actually the way it is, then, you know, chances are they'll let you play it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. be reasonable with people and, you know, have conversations. Like, we're here to spend time together. You can spend two, three minutes talking before you start playing Magic, right? Like, because you're going to be spending, like, an hour or two hours playing a game with these people. You might as well set the the expectations before the game starts so that no one's necessarily going to walk away super unhappy because something went unsaid and people were expecting the game to be something that it wasn't right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely well that's a a great takeaway from this discussion thank you so much for coming back on the show and uh, explaining the thought process charlotte it's really uh, great to have your insights yeah always great to be here and yeah happy to come talk about this 
it's been uh, I don't know if I'd say it was fun, but it was <laughs> interesting, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Sorry for uh, all the questions. Of course, just want to. No, um, of course. Yeah. Make sh- make sure everyone's aware of like the thought process behind it, and uh, yeah. hopefully can can make their future games better as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what that's the goal. And again, if people ever have feedback uh, for the rules committee or the commander advisor group, please reach out to us. We're, you know, on Twitter, we're on social media, we're the internet exists and we are there. So please reach out and let us know what you think. You know, the we're here to make the format the best it can be for everyone. So we don't know what people want until they unless they tell us. All right. Like Well well, that's a great lead into this question. Uh, where can people find you, Charlotte? How can they get in touch with you? All right. Uh, best way to get in touch with me is on my Twitter, which is Jackal Girl, JQL Girl. Um, I also write for Commander's Herald every few weeks. And yeah, those are the best places to get in touch. And yeah, you can also find me on a variety of discords, including the Commander <laughs> Theory Discord, mm-hmm. plug plug, um, <laughs> which is full of great people. And cool thoughts. Yeah, we have a great little community. So uh, if you want to join up, you can just become a patron by checking us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Well, again, thank you, Charlotte, for for chatting with us. And uh, we're happy to have you on whenever you like. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to you again soon. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.